0: Wonderful to see you this morning, and uh, on the slightly chilly morning, I don't know if that door's too open for some of you, but if it isn't, on the left blowing through, but uh, are you all good? Uh, so, um, Katya and I were just chatting on the way here and praying, actually, as we often do, and um, I guess one of the things that would mark Israel is that God was with them. Uh, They were a nation of, they are blessed by Abraham. They were very fruitful, resourceful, incredible people, the Jewish people. But if God was amongst them um, versus if God wasn't amongst them was the distinctive, amen? Um, If God wasn't there because they had grieved him or or his his spirit had uh, left or the ark was captured as uh, demonstrated by his presence, Israel would just think, well, our God is not with us. And in the, in the church of Jesus Christ in 2022, the distinctive, the marking would be, is God amongst his people? And uh, when we gather like this, you know, um, you'll notice the elders are looking at each other, the sound, um, what's happening. And so, you know, there's an envelope to manage, but the, the distinctive would be, is God among his people? And uh, some of us are hyper-spiritual, we're very sensitive. Some of us think, oh, God's left. Others of us think God's all over the place. Sometimes during worship, we think, well, God was uh, amongst us when we worship. Others feel that the worship was a bit average. But um, our cry as an eldership team and as a deacon team of this church is that God would be amongst his people in a mysterious way. Amen. And uh, I was saved in a revival. I wasn't saved kind of in an academic world. I, I saw the demonstration of God's power holy spirit moving powerfully in the hearts of people um remember my heart beating in meetings i used to sit in meetings and my heart would beat and i think lord gee what's happening i want to run away sometimes but um and that was god calling and convicting and sometimes he would blow powerfully be very tangible sometimes he wouldn't be as tangible yet very present amen and so uh, thank you for your prayers thank you for being here um the, the, the the there's chaos in the world amen there's chaos, guys, in the world. There's, there's actually chaos in many churches. There are some churches that we know about that the people have disappeared. The, the, there's no more money. There's no more young people. There's just – it's dying. You know? And we, we're grateful to God for what he's doing here. But we want to be careful with him. Eh? We want to be sensitive to what he's doing. And um, just thank you for, for attending. Thank you for, for being here. Uh, we're at Bernard and Luann's uh, dad's memorial on, on Thursday. I don't know if you guys are here. It was amazing to see the two of you um, say goodbye to your dad and how, actually, I watched you the whole time holding hands, and I thought, Yo, oh, that's a good picture, man. Um, I know you've walked a journey. I know life may not have been that easy for you guys, but to see the two of you mourning the loss of your dad together was special, and I just wanted to honor you and and recognize you and, uh, and say, actually, it was a beautiful picture. I don't often sit at the back of a memorial. But I did this time, and I thought, "Gee, that's a singy holding hands." I thought that's good. It's also good to have Bobby and Phyllis here. Bobby had a huge operation in his neck; had a had a cancer taken out of his neck, and needs to continue with radiation, ongoingly. So, won't you be praying for Bobby and his very modern polar neck? Uh, uh, Bobby, won't you stand? Won't you stand? Uh, that's Bobby. So, if you if you want to know, you pray. Uh, Bobby's got to go through further treatments. Won't you be praying for him? If, if you thanks, Bobby. If you need prayer, brothers and sisters text us say Jack here battling I think I'm sick can you pray that's all you need to do appreciate you guys Uh, sometimes good to use each other's names amen (laughs) they just get messages like impersonal sometimes you know hi Francois or hi Chris or hi Nick Um, Jack here uh, appreciate your prayers can you on Tuesday can you lift us up and pray get to your notes get to your notes we're in the in the we're in Genesis Genesis chapter one creation okay in a series Genesis chapter two domestic, uh, God with man God placing um, them you know Genesis chapter one is like wow it's like like National Geographic just volcanoes and oceans and seas and whales and skies and and uh, thunder and it's like no no thunder yet but it's a, it's creation is, is wondrous it's it's a, it's incredible. Genesis chapter 2 is God hones it down to man in the garden, prepares the garden, instructs them to be fruitful and multiply and to plant. Chapter 3 that I've got and that we'll, we'll continue with is the fall. So if you've come for a, a feel-good um, message, you're at the right place. <laughs> Part of the uh, desire is, um, is is for life. And, but if we don't get chapter 3, brothers and sisters, we repeat problems in our lives, and and I understand redemption. I understand born, being born again. I understand that we're a new creation. But as much as Adam and Eve experienced the fall, we also experience problems. Amen. We can look at that story and think, mm, I know what it's like. I know, I, you know, I kind of ate from that tree, and I think the Lord says, "Why did you eat from that tree, bro? Like you shouldn't have ate, eaten from that tree." So we understand because we still. We we haven't received, um, experienced full salvation. It's full salvation will come on the day you meet Jesus, and there are no more tears. There's no more pain. There's no more sorrows. There's no more sin. But until we get there, we need to get Genesis chapter three. Okay, so it's Genesis is a is a seed form doctrine. So. We we need to understand it, okay? In in Genesis, you've got creation, you've got the fall, you've got redemption, Genesis 1 2, 3. You've got the Trinity, you've got the promised Messiah, all in seed form. And then from there it expounds and expands into all the books of the Bible. But if you don't get Genesis 1, 2, 3, and understand it by faith, and if you if you if you say you can you can ask God's questions about it, but if you keep on questioning what happens is you've moved into unbelief. What you may do is you say, Lord, I believe you and I believe your word. Can I ask you some questions? Can we? That's good, amen. But if you question the validity, if you think it's just mythological and just like, uh, you'll always battle. But to understand this totality of the scriptures, you need to get Genesis chapter 1, 2, 3, very important all fulfilled in Jesus okay it's all going towards Jesus and so the law and the poetry and the prophets and the teachings of Jesus have their accuracy based on the foundation of Genesis it's the most quoted book in the Bible Genesis because it's the beginning it's the foundation and so there's a tendency for us to minimize Genesis chapter 1 did God make the earth in, in six days Is creation just a six day story? Um, Ask questions, but believe uh, what God is saying. And so, um, He instructed them in Genesis chapter 2, verse 16. He gave them thousands upon thousands of trees, I believe. That's my belief. The Bible doesn't say that, but I've sat in this text. You're allowed to. I would imagine orchards and. And, and jungles or whatever of trees. And he said, there's one tree, don't eat of it, we know. And uh, he was very clear with it. Um, unimaginable freedom given. But he says, um, don't eat. So we know that the devil disguises himself and he engages with Eve. Doesn't engage with Adam. So now I've got to think to myself, okay, what does that mean, God? So the devil decides that he's the way he's going to Usurp God's authority and question God. He goes for eve that's that's what he does. He disguises himself. should they have been together? Why Where was Adam at the time? Um, what happened? Husband and wife, how much time do you spend together? How much time do you spend apart? I praise God maybe because he knows maybe I'm vulnerable. I've spent as much time with Cutty as possible, especially in ministry and travels. I remember going to Brazil alone, never liked it. I never liked being in Brazil alone, felt vulnerable at times. Those are the questions you can ask. Ask God for your own marriage. Lord, are we spending enough time together? What are you saying, Nick? You've got to be in each other's shadow all day. Not necessarily. But sometimes I often ask, where was Adam? Because um, the serpent goes and begins to, for Eve, and distorts the questions. What God has clearly stated, he begins to twist, and we're doing it today. What God has said in his word, we begin just to distort adjust. It's 2022, bro, like you can't live in an old paradigm, and we just slowly begin to shift it. And once we begin the, the one-degree shift, by the time it's the next generation, they've lost it. She's spending an unusual amount of time at this tree, why, why is she spending so much time at that tree? There's a big garden. Good questions. He appeals to Eve's aestheticness. She was obviously an artistic woman. She, well, she was Eve, so she had so much. She was probably a beauty of beauties, incredible woman made by God's hands and the image from the rib of man. But he appeals to her aesthetic senses. One of the theologians called Venheim, Venheim, the verb here is that the woman is usurping the prerogative of God. The last time we re- read that he saw that it was good, here the woman who saw that the tree was good. So what the theologians and the commentators have examined it and looked at it, the artistic nature of Genesis, the poetry, and they've played on words. So God, said, God saw that it was good, and Eve says, well, I see that it's good. So there's often a copying and a mimicking and a mirroring of words And God took the man from the rib, sorry, took the man and and he took the rib. And in the same way, the commenters say, and she took the fruit. And so there's a play on words, just for those of those interested in the text. So Eve, who's now been led astray, she eats, she believes the serpent, she distorts, she's been led astray, and she leads her husband astray. She gets him out of order. She becomes the temptress to a husband. Again, I think in marriages, husband and wife together, how do we operate? If I'm vulnerable, if I'm in a bad place, if I'm at that tree where I shouldn't be, is kachi helping me? If uh, she's there, am I helping her? Well, you know, we're so nice with each other, we don't speak into these things. Well, lovingly, holding hands together, saying, you know, I've noticed this in your life. Is that possible? Because we are help meet to each other. We help each other, amen. I've often seen it sometimes when I can see a couple and the one and they're agreeing to do something foolish, I'm thinking, oh no, at least hold your ground. Just, yeah, but you know, like what about unity? No, unity of the spirit, amen. And so sometimes what we have to do is saying, oh, but you know, we, we need another car, my husband, we don't need another car, we're getting out of debt, yeah, but you know, no. So sometimes we hold each other in tension. Can somebody give me? And amen and uh, Adam in taking and eating becomes the last and decisive act of disobedience and of treason one commentator said what if he had said no what if he had not eaten what would be the consequences if she had eaten <laughs> which which is much more than just oh we just a few hours of a discussion and we just ate the fruit. Lord, is it that bad? No, I think it would have been a long discussion. There would have been lots of soul searching, lots of debates around it. What if he hadn't eaten? What if he had, he had run to God and said, God, God, trouble in the garden. Where are you, God? Trouble in the garden. My wife has eaten of the forbidden tree. Have you thought about that? Well, you know the Bible doesn't say that, but being a more prophetic kind of man, I think through these things and I think, gee, what would, what would have happened? One fallen, one not. <laughs> I don't know what would have happened. Don't ask too many questions, Nick. The devil brought insane division amongst the married couple. He brought control, he brought domination, he brought manipulation and separation. He lures with pleasure but never speaks of the consequences. He'll lure you, he lures us, but he never, he never he just even gives us a hint of the consequences of what we do. Eve, if you eat, then you'll really know what's going on in this world. Then you'll really get an, in, an inside take on what is happening. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord. So they've eaten, they feel naked, they take fig leaves, so maybe it was a fig tree. <laughs> they take fig leaves and they cover themselves with fig leaves. They sew fig leaves together. I wonder how they did that. Judy, would you know how to sew fig leaves? Judy says no. Chris, would you know how to sew fig leaves? Come on, come on, guys. We've got to go get some. So in other words, what do they do? They try to camouflage. You know, we wear camouflage. We, are, we, we want to hide. So they sew fig leaves. The man and his wife, verse 7, uh, sorry, Genesis 3 verse 8, heard the sound of the Lord as he was walking in the garden. What kind of sounds does God make in the cool of the day? What is the cool of the day? And they hid from the Lord among the trees of the garden. I wonder which trees. (laughs) They've realized their nakedness, coverings. The consequence after you cover is to hide. We, We hide. I remember as a kid doing terrible things. We were so naughty, and as we heard our parents, we disappeared down banks, into the neighbor's houses, into the shed, we disappear. no one is there, no one knows what happened. There's a tendency to hide, that's what happens. People hide from each other. We cover up our stuff, amen, we're fantastic at covering up. Who hasn't covered up a sin here? We don't want to be in God's presence right now. Please, thank you very much. They heard the sound of the Lord. It was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. God is, what is he doing? God is seeking fellowship. God is a God who loves to fellowship with you and I. Most times, I don't know if there's ever a time where God is not saying, I want to fellowship with you. I want to be with you. I want to speak with you. I want to abide with you. We are the ones that think, oh Lord, not now. I don't want to be a hypocrite, Lord. So, so just can I just can you just leave me alone? Can I just have my own time, please? What was that sound like? It's probably a sound that they would love. It's uh, it's it's this word anthropomorphism. It's it's using God. You know, sometimes does God is spirit. God is not body. So when you speak about God's eyes and God's ears and God's hands and God's walking. It, it's, a, it's a figure of speech because that's how we humans relate to God because you know, God says, I speak. And we say, ah, we know what speaking is because we're made in his image. But God is not flesh and blood. But they're estranged and so he's approaching. Some theologians say in the cool of the day would have been the breeze of the day. God would have come in the form of a wind. The spirit blows where it wills. He walked amongst them. Usually this would be a fantastically good time for them. Time of sharing and loving and discussing, advising. What have you ruled over today, Adam and Eve? Where have you exercised the dominion that I spoke about in Genesis, in Genesis 1? What trees have you planted? Perhaps Eve liked to plant. She loved to be amongst the trees in the garden. Perhaps Adam loved to be among the animals. Who knows? I'm sure they did stuff together. How are you getting on together? Wow, that's an interesting question you should ask, Lord. How are you doing together? Because remember, they just they suddenly appeared. They didn't grow together. You know, that's why we, we grow, we learn how the opposite sex. They just, boom, appear together. Sometimes in marriage, Wah! who's this person I've married? Perhaps the subject of eating had come up before from that tree. Perhaps Adam may have mentioned, you know, Eve spending a lot of time around that tree, that tree that is in the middle of the garden. Perhaps God may have reminded them. We, the Bible doesn't say that. I'm asking questions. No, but don't go there. Don't, don't go near there. Don't eat of it. Who knows? You see, I've, I believe that when we get into trouble, it's sometimes months, weeks, years. Mm, just like oh, there again, like God saying, "No, no, get away. Come away. Come away from it." it doesn't just happen by mistake. I just like. You know, it's like, um, I just made a mis- little mistake, Lord. Now, this has been building for some time. They may have sought his counsel in the cool of the day. Usually, I'm speaking about usually what would happen. How do, how do we subdue the earth? God, can we expand this garden to the southern region? Absolutely. You can expand the garden because th- that I want you to have dominion over all the earth. So you can. You can go to the east, to the west, to the south. Perhaps things like, you know, we've got 10 orchards. Eve wants another 10. Let her plant another 10. Because that's, that's what it was all about. There was freedom and expense. Perhaps Adam was saying, Lord, these bigger animals, you know, they're, they're crowding. The hippopotamus and the elephants and the giraffes and the wildebeest and the buffaloes. You know, God's saying, Adam, let them go. Give them greater ground. Who knows what the discussions were? But on this occasion, none of that happened. The fellowship, the intimacy, the joy, the innocence, the nakedness—which meant no problem—it didn't happen. They hid among the trees. Hide and seek is a fun game we all love. Don't be love to play? Kids love it. Started in the garden. I looked at the solar plexus. So if, you, if you hit somebody in the solar plexus, right here, it's a, is it the, it's, 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 they say you, you, you're so injured in the solar plexus because it's a whole confluence of nerves and organs. And so if you hit someone in the solar, it's like they had a solar plexus blow. And they just, they hit, it was like something hit them ah inside once they had eaten. We've played that game of hide and seek, but something very serious had happened. They didn't want to be with God anymore. They didn't want to be in his presence. They didn't want him in the garden. They didn't want the Lord to see them, find them, be with them. Why are we hiding? I'm sure they said, "Why, why are we hiding? Why have we made these coverings? What has happened to us? Why is it like we've had a solar plexus blow? The whole body's in shock. Why is it that we have a lack of desire for fellowship with God? Satan, brothers and sisters, you see, praise God for the dispensation of grace. Praise God for Jesus. Because in many ways, after the Lord, I shared here last week, I remember going through a crisis of faith when I was working at the company I used to work with. I just thought, I don't want to share the gospel. It's too hard, this thing. It's too hard to be a Christian. I don't want to give my money. I want, I want, I want, I'm greedy. I want more money. I don't want to tithe. Why should I tithe? I don't want to go to prayer. I don't want to go to deacons meetings. I don't want to go to elders meetings. I wasn't an elder then. This is too hard. And I remember shrinking back, shrinking. I don't want to share my faith. Praise God for his grace and for his mercy. We're not here, Lord. There's no one at home. Please don't ring the bell anymore. In Job thirty-one, thirty-three, in the message, did I hide my sin the way Adam did? Job, you see, you see, Job is referring back to Genesis. Do I hide my sin? Yeah, sometimes I do. And he says, did I hide my sin the way Adam did or conceal my guilt behind closed doors? Sin leads to guilt and shame and then to alienation. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? So again, you know, the theologians think, "Oh, God is omniscient; He doesn't. Of course, He knows where they are." But it's a statement of Adam: "Where is your soul, Adam? Where are you, Adam and Eve? What have happened? What has happened to you?" It's time for our daily, weekly, or monthly meeting. Who knows? Here, He calls the man; He doesn't call the woman. Interesting for your household, for your family, for your theology of marriage, for your theology. Of, of the order of God, how it works. Why did he call the man? Where are you? Adam got the command. You are responsible. He got the command in Genesis 2, Genesis before Eve was created. Adam's job was to pass the word of God on. What is your and our job? Our job is to pass the word on. Amen? Adam, not only to Eve, but to Cain, to Abel, and they will pass it on to the next generations, and you need to pass it on. So we are all passing on the commands of God, amen. And some people say, "Well, I don't know. I don't want the commands of God." I'm saying, I, "You may not want them, but I have to pass on the Word of God," amen. And that's why all the stuff coming out of United Kingdom and America on questioning the things of God all the time. I'm thinking, good luck. Let's we can go for twenty years, thirty years, but watch the next generations. They'll think, nah. And suddenly the spirit of God is lifted. And so our job, brothers and sisters, is to pass. I may not understand it. I may want to eat from the tree. But, but I need to say, Lord, I know you know what I don't know. If I can say this gently. you and, and, and I had some tough times. When I say tough times. Some strong... <coughs> where, where it's late at night. And we haven't resolved some difficult issues, and uh, because I'm such a lovey-dovey nice guy, it's fine, babe. No, no, we have to resolve this. But the trouble is, we do too late at night sometimes. We've had to resolve some issues that we have not found impasse, that we have been stuck on. Amen. It's okay, brothers and sisters, because something had to happen here, and I think it didn't happen. I think Adam just said, "Listen, you're such a beautiful thing, man." Mwah, 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 mwah. I'm not going to fight with you. Whatever you want, I'm just a loving, supportive husband. But sometimes, brothers and sisters, we need to pass on the word of God, even if we don't understand it. So, the serpent had questioned the woman. Did God really say? But now, God questions the man. Where are you? Did God say, it? did God say, it? God says, okay, now I'm going to ask you a question, Adam. Where are you? And again, you can go and look that up. It's a beautiful phrase. Guys have discussed it. He's not unaware of their location and what has transpired in the garden. Listen, he's calling us. Where are you? Where are you? Behold, I stand at the door and knock. God always asking. It's amazing that even in the most dastardly situations, God is always appearing. Remember Jonah runs away from God. Is it Jonah? Yes, my mind. He runs away from God. does God? Pursues him with a fishy. <laughs> God pursues us. Even in, our, even in our brokenness, he seeks and he saves. He's come to seek and he saves. And you think, well, now that I've sinned, God's just going like, to walk away from me. But God always pursues us. First question asked in the Bible, did God say? Second question asked in the Bible, where are you? Great question. Where are you, Nick? Mm, battling a little bit. Um, listen to people with offenses. This one's got an offense, this one's got an offense, this one's got an offense. I'm listening. Hey, let's have a coffee. Well, what's your offense? I'm listening to your offense, bro. I, I've got enough stuff to deal with. Please, please deal with your offense. Where are you? I want to I worship you. I want to read the scriptures. Amen? Are you, are you breathing? They say it's a similar question to God asking Cain, where is your brother? Where are you? Theologians say it's the, same, it's the same language. Where's your brother? What do you mean, where's my brother? Am I my brother's keeper? You look after my brother. Where's your brother? God knew that Cain had killed Abel. So he'll ask of us, where's your brother? I'm not his keeper, you're responsible, God. He has always sought us throughout the ages, our loving God. He has always moved toward us. Here's a couple that have sold out to God's arch enemy, the serpent. I don't know why God wasn't in the garden. I don't know why God even, I don't understand why it happened. But I know that it happened. It happened. I'm thinking, Lord, you did such a beautiful thing. Couldn't you have just fenced it? I mean, couldn't you? I mean, but it's almost as if God said, okay, I'll give it to you. I speak to you. Now God takes a step back. And sometimes God takes a step back after he's given us his commands. So by the Spirit, I know that, for example, I cannot commit adultery. Amen? I know that I cannot bring division amongst brothers. And if I do it, I don't have much time because six things I hate, seven I detest. The one is when a a man sows division among his brothers. I cannot bring division, so I've got to quickly repent, amen? (laughs) If I'm starting to like a girl that's not my wife, I've got to quickly move away from that, amen? Okay. But he always moves toward us, even though we sin against him. It's like they slap God in the face, and God turns the other cheek, but... So God says, okay, cheers, Adam. Thanks, thanks for the journey. It's been great. That's what you want to do. I'm going to start again. Enjoy your ride with, 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 the, with the devil. He doesn't. He goes towards Adam. God is always coming towards us. God demonstrates his own love to us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost as a soft word for sinners. Usually, if we sin against each other, we cut each other off. If you sin against me, I want to cut you off. If I sin against you, you want to have nothing to do. No more phone calls, no more meals, no more coffees. You're offended. Silence. God is the opposite. He turns the other cheek. He's back in the garden. In fact, Isaiah 62, 12 They will be called, this is Israel, they will be called the holy people. I mean, if you knew what Israel and how unholy they were, they will be called the holy people, the redeemed of the Lord, and you will be called sought after or you will be called sought out. And in fact, the name of Israel was God always just seeks you out. We are a people that God is always seeking out, amen? That's why when we mess up, brothers and sisters, when we all we have to do is say, Lord, it's me. I'm responsible. I did it, Lord. Here I am. I got nowhere to go. I fall on my knees and I say, It's me, Lord. Here I am. Thank you that you've come towards me. And it's incredible. You know the prodigal, all he had to do was after he's, he was pigged out, abominable. He was like, all he did, all he had to do is say, I'm back. And the father kissed him. Kissed him. And the older brother said, Puffy, How can you do that? But your brother was dead, but now he's alive. Kissed him and clothed him and ringed him and sandaled him and fattened, coughed him. (laughs) If you know what I mean. Had a party. You will be called sought out. Brothers and sisters, if a Christian, and I know one that's sinned so spectacularly, a pastor that sinned so spectacularly, it's like unbelievable and I thought wow actually I asked him I said how how did you get there he said he said to me he said don't ask me I got there but guess what he's back he's a pastor again (laughs) he's back he worships God every Sunday amen isn't that amazing I think that's amazing but that doesn't mean like you know we can just go on and, and do stuff it means actually I'm back He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. Heard, heard, feared, uh, hid. Hear, fear, hide. That's the pattern. Why, Adam? Why? Because I'm naked. But you've been naked before with no shame, but now I'm naked. Now I feel a different nakedness. Now there's something wrong. He's saying that the cause of his fear and his hiding is God's voice. Because as he hears the voice, so he's, he's, he hasn't hidden hid himself yet. He's covered himself, but he has covered the sin, but he hasn't hid yet. But as he hears the voice, he hides. Go figure, church. His nakedness brought forth fear, and he used leaves to camouflage. He experienced, Adam and Eve experienced the loss of innocence, the loss of purity. Now suddenly a sense of guilt. Alienation and shame. An outward reaction to cover up what happened inside. Sin brought an inner darkness with an outside desire to cover. Inner turmoil and so an outward desire, the only way to, that we know we can't hide it inside, will cover our bodies. The first use of the word naked meant unclothed, no shame. Simple. It was a strongly positive image. It had qualities of innocence and freedom and openness and simplicity and transparency. There was no guilt. There was no self-consciousness. There was sexual purity. But the second term for nakedness, erom, is different in form and meaning. It carries the idea of being guilty, exposed, vulnerable, embarrassed. Adam and Eve existed with no sense. experience of evil or jealousy or deception or insecurity or blame, none of that all they needed had been fully provided by God for perfection they were never ashamed, they had no need to be ashamed, why am I sticking there, because we need to know what happened in Genesis chapter 3 we must know brothers and sisters, too many Christians have just covered it over, found themselves in the same place, have never appreciated the depth of the gospel that Jesus died for me you know what as a kid, I think I was five. Westville, we lived in Westville, I think I was five. And my sister, who's like four years old or brought her school friend from school, Bria West, I think it was. And we sat on the veranda on the stairs, and this girl brought out a packet of new crayons. I mean I mean the most beautiful crayons I'd ever seen in my life. And I remember sitting looking at these crayons and I thought these were stunning crayons. And she had them on display. And you know what? They turned away and I took the crowns and I just broke them all. I just, I just broke them. Everyone. Ding, 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 ding. Don't judge me, please. <laughs> I was only five. And I remember sitting there and this girl, this young, eight, nine, ten-year-old girl, began to cry. And I just sat there and I thought, what have I done? Where did that come from? What, what was that? Who did that? I can vividly remember the utter shock. My sister, strong and cheeky, completely speechless. What was that? It's Adam and Eve's fault. (laughs) How does a kid? I mean, where does that come from? I need to understand. It's only when I got saved and I began to say, "Lord, no, I'm fine, I'm fine." He said, "You think you're fine?" I so loved the Holy Spirit began to convict me. Because without conviction, there is no repentance. Amen? Covered many things. I broke a window as a teenager, huge window in a house. I just couldn't confess it. parents said, who broke the window? Search me, bro. (laughs) I couldn't couldn't confess it. I couldn't. I remember them just standing there. And my brother and I were the two sort of obvious guys. And he he said, I don't know. I said, no, I don't know either. But I got a marble in a pipe and I threw the marble and it went around the wall, hit this huge glass window, kush, shattered. You won't get it out of me. And then the Spirit said, Nick, you need to be saved. <laughs> I need some water. Can I have some of yours, Kati? Amazing story This, I've spent maybe four or five days just looking at it, examining it. No, God says you'll die if you eat of it. Oh, Lord, what does that mean? Haunting them. So now they expect God, it's going to strike us dead. Remember, He said we're going to die? Get ready, Eve. He's going to, He's just going to dull us. Bah! He's, 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 we're going to die. That's why the eating wasn't just a little mistake, brothers. It was, it was a serious buildup. Look at your life. It's very rare that we'll make a little mistake. If you, it's not a mistake. This was a, a premeditated, drawn-out situation, I believe. But his judgment took an unexpected turn. Do you know how long Adam lived for? 930 years. That's a long time. What death. I you know mean, kids he had. How many kids, France? <laughs> a lot, and grandkids, a lot. So God's judgment took an unexpected turn. And he said, "Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from?" Often, when I read that, "Have you eaten from the tree that I told you not to, commanded you not to eat?" You know, sometimes you would remember a, a parent or an uncle or a principal or a teacher shouting at you. Have you eaten? I don't believe that happened here. He just said, have you, so have you, Adam and Eve, have you eaten from the tree? I told you not to eat of. I don't think God shouted. I don't believe he did. He wasn't angry. He wasn't violent. He wasn't fuming. The man said, so this is, this is, this. is it just comes out of his mouth, okay? This is what comes straight out of Adam's mouth. The woman you put here with me. <laughs> so, I mean, he, the first word is the woman that comes out. The first word's the woman. You put me, innocent. Woman and you. <laughs> yes. She gave me the fruit from the tree, and I ate it. I didn't take it. I didn't go. She gave it to me. And by the way, Lord, you know that when Eve comes around me, I'm like all jelly. And I was doing fine as a bachelor, and the animals in you, but the woman that you put gave me, and I ate. So guess what? Search me, O Lord. And you had to wear a jacket this morning, eh? Didn't take the fruits. I'm innocent. She, personal pronoun, expresses emphasis. The commentator said, the woman. She. She was the one. She was the one. And the reason I'm plumbing this is because I, I can't I have a tend I've had a tendency at times to blame my parents. I said to my mom, "You neglected us as kids." Yo, she didn't like that. You know what they came out of? Insecurity. I mean, we did our own thing bad. We we just we were let we were given so much freedom it was scary. But don't blame anybody. Take take responsibility, because that's when the gospel has power in your life. Sorry, this thing's pulling a little bit. Enmity starts right there, Adam and Eve. See now, it's this woman. She's thinking, "You throwing me under the bus, bro? Just like, just quickly, you know. Where were you when I needed you?" So, so they they begin enmity starts. Self defense first port of call. It plagues us all. My dad lost his temper, so I lose my temper. My dad raised his voice to his to my mother. I raise my voice to my wife. My mother manipulate my father, so I manipulate my husband. If I don't get in my way, I sulk, I pout, so I withhold my body. All those things, brothers and sisters are all there. That's why we're on our knees together. Amen? Our inability to own our sin. The consequences of sin are seen in Adam. Find something or someone to blame. Our inability to own our sin remains a massive issue. Somebody comes to you and says, I thought you were tough. I thought you were harsh. Think about it. If it's a brother that, the good brother, good sister, not a sister brother, but, but just listen for a moment. I've had to learn to listen to my wife sometimes, just just hear what she's saying. Listen to somebody that comes to you and says, "Listen, can I can I bring an issue to your notice?" Yeah, you can. Sometimes it's hard, man. You just think, "Who are you, bro?" But it's good to listen. Don't self don't self defend, Amen. And um, it remains a massive issue. Could you blame me, Lord? What if he had simply repented? What if Adam had said, Lord, I am sorry. God, I am sorry. I am responsible, God. I googled. Mikey will be happy to hear this. What if Adam and Eve had repented of their sin? It's a, I can't answer it. It's a long paper. <laughs> it's something we can't answer because there was, there, was, there was a law broken that would have consequences. The Lord said, God said to the woman, what is this you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. What have you done? It's the serpent. He tricked me. He's too crafty. He lied to me. He made me false promises. God doesn't let Eve off the hook, by the way. God God will speak to all of us. He'll speak to children. He'll speak to husbands. He'll speak to wives. He'll speak to leaders. Amen? Isn't that good? But what about Adam's passivity? I'm not talking. I'm saying, what, what is this you have done, Eve? Or what in the world have you done, as some commentators? What means ma? Similar to, why have you disobeyed me? Why have you done this? Judges 2, 2, the same. Ma. What is ma? What is this thing? Maybe a pleading, not a shouting. Same response as her husband. She shifts the blame away from herself. She had learned quickly. The serpent, rather... Uh, the Hebrew where the verb leads the sentence, normally the, in the Hebrew the verb leads the sentence. She just says, the serpent, the snake, the snake, it's a snake. She just says, that's what happened. She gives special attention to the serpent. And she's effectively saying, I'm not to blame. Our disobedience is as a result of the serpent. Of course, the serpent's trying to slither away, but Adam's like, got his foot on the, is he's crawling yet? Not really, on his. I'm sure the slithery one is trying to get away, because God will address him as well a bit later. Isn't that amazing? Text. There is the gospel redemption, and I can I can go there in. As God comes, he he probably has, and I, and I, I've got to check my chronology, but he's probably already identified which animal. He will have to kill and shed blood already to cover their nakedness. He says, take your fig leaves off there. They're not helping you. I will cover you. You will, you will pay for this, but I will cover you. You see, you see woman, you're, you're the, the, the child you bear, you're the seed you bear, he will strike the head of that serpent. So, so don't think God leaves them. Don't think God just says, okay, you're on your own. What, what is the consequence of the fall? If I've got it here. The sin of Adam, I I, I read a commentary, then I'll close. The sin of Adam provided an opening for death, Romans 5.12. This is a guy writing. Just a few years down the line, the first shedding of human blood by another human would take place. Adam's son uh, Cain murdered his own brother Abel in a fit of jealousy. Human emotions had definitely become messed up, scrambled by sin. There was now jealousy, negative emotions. Over time, that shedding of human blood would escalate to an industrial scale. The earth became a theater of war, huh, 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 telling me, humans up against humans in an orgy of demented violence. According to the independent newspaper, out of 162 countries under survey by the Institute of, for Economics and Peace done in 2014, that's what, 12, uh, eight years ago, only 11 were actually free from conflict. 11 nations out of 164 have been free from conflict after, since the Second World War. In fact, since the end of the Second World War, 1945, there have been 250 major wars in the world. The estimated casualty from those wars is 50 million souls after the Second World War. We know that there were um, 6 million Jews and 6 million Poles, they say, lost their lives in the Second World War. Thus, the genetic code for the human race acquired bloodlust through the sin of Adam that's why we cling to Jesus. That's why there is a tenderness in our hearts. That's why we run to God and say, God, I own my stuff. God, I'm greedy. God, I'm very independent. God, I don't listen. God, here I am. Cover, 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 cover. Shame, shame, shame. Distance, distance, distance. Those Christians. We are just we, we have the grace of God hovering over us. The difference between us and the world is we have one. We don't have to make coverings, but he covers us. Amen? God actually takes them figuratively and he places them in Christ. You and I have been placed in the perfect one. We are not perfect, but we, we are so broken. Even we have the traces of the fall of Adam. And he places us in Jesus. Take the word of God seriously, brothers and sisters. receive it he is committed to our wholeness he is committed to our well-being thank you for listening i know it's a little bit sobering but it's going to get better amen and actually the, the job of this morning's sermon is to say lord you that was serious and that's my mom and pops and i want to say to you lord deliver me from that i want to take off my hardings take off my camouflage. And say, here I am. I want to go for a walk on the beach, or sit on my brand. I say, Lord, Ah, oh, search me, oh God. Know my innermost thoughts, Lord. Heal me, God. I want to be self-aware of who I am. Amen. Thank you. Can I hand over? <laughs> Thank you, Chris. You can land
1: it, bro. There we go. Uh, maybe we can just stand together. I think everyone's a little bit chilly, particularly this side. Thank you, Nick. Incredible word and. I actually feel like communion ties in beautifully with it so um, I don't think anything I'm gonna say now is gonna be new but I think this moment is significant for us we haven't had communion in a while and it's such a gift for us to be able to have communion together it's an absolute delight and I have been praying and thinking about it this morning and 1 John 1 verse 9 says well actually verse 8 if we claim to be without sin we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us and there's a moment where we soberly accept that it's me, that I've done this. And, uh, and it says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. And I love this passage because actually confession is a moment where we do own our sin. We take a moment and we're not blaming anybody else, but we stand before God and we, and we in a sense, do business with him we we say lord this is me and I, I don't know why but this morning i was i was thinking about um actually a husband and a wife and uh, and in a sense we we lay ourselves bare before god there's no hiding behind anything we, we can't hide we we in a sense we lay bare before him and we say lord this is me i'm vulnerable before you and uh and and sometimes we we we, we are we're vulnerable when we're naked and you wonder what is this person going to do and, and in a sense, actually, God's will is good for us. And we can lay ourselves bare. We can open up our hearts to Him and we can say, Lord, I confess. I, I submit myself. I know that I've messed up. I know that I'm broken. I know that I'm hurting. I know that I've, I've gone where I shouldn't have. I've trespassed. I've gone over the boundary that I shouldn't have gone over. And we own that. But we don't stay there. we do it's an important part of of actually what we do here communion is actually Lord I I know what I've done but the other part of it is actually I accept who you are and I accept what you've done and there's this beautiful passage in Zechariah 3 and I just want to read this and it says then this is now the high priest Joshua um, and he says then the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan standing at his right side to accuse him there's Satan busy accusing Joshua the high priest and the Lord said to Satan, The Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is not this man a burning stick snatched from the fire? And then it goes, there's this beautiful moment. Now Joshua was dressed in filthy clothes, which we understand and we take stock of and we, and we are aware of. Joshua standing in filthy clothes. And the angel said to those who were standing before him, Take off his filthy clothes. Take off his fig leaves. And he said to Joshua, See, I've taken away your sin, and I will put a fine garment on you. And it says, put a clean turban on his head. So they put a clean turban on his head, and they clothed him while the angel of the Lord stood by. And that's the other part that we get to embrace and we get to enjoy as we, as we take communion together. It's actually, we know our sin, we take a moment, we confess it, but we leave it there at the cross. And then we allow God to clothe us with His righteousness. We allow Him to clothe him with with clean clothes. I, I think of this just this beautiful white garment that He that He um, uh, that He puts on us. It's actually this garment of praise. This this this. We actually get to celebrate what Christ has done for us this morning. And I just want to take a moment before we come up and just pray. And and even you, while you're there, just take a moment. You don't have to say anything, but actually confess to God lord have mercy on me have mercy on me according to your unfailing love according to your great compassion blot out my transgressions and wash away all of my iniquity we know what we've done lord we know we can't stand before you proud or um, with our own works or with our own ability or with our own strength or our own righteousness lord we know that we fall short of your glory and we we take a moment and we, we we confess to you Lord, and we say we know that we are sinful but we also take hold of you jesus we don't stay there in confession but we take hold of you our righteous lord the one who died on our behalf the lamb who was slain the king above all kings and the lord above all lords the, the one who was sacrificed to whose body was broken whose blood was poured out who covered our sin, Lord, and thank you, Jesus, thank you that you've covered our sin, thank you that you wash us clean, thank you that you take away the stains of the world, and that you and that you clothe us with righteousness, like Joshua, we stand there, almost not being able to say anything, but, but on your behalf, Lord, you clothe us with your righteousness, and we say thank you, Jesus, thank you for your, your beautiful sacrifice, and even as we take communion now, Lord, we, we remember you, and we say thank you, Lord. We celebrate your life and we celebrate your, your beautiful gift, your beautiful offering on our behalf. So even now as we, as we take communion, I want to invite you forward. There's tables along the side there. If, if you're a couple, maybe a husband and wife, you can share um, one just to make sure that there's enough for everybody. But I want to invite you forward and, and, um, come, and come and take a cup, break the bread, drink the wine. Remember Jesus and worship together. We're going to have a song that's going to be played in the background and I encourage you to worship and to celebrate Jesus together. Amen. Yeah, so so what you're going to do is just open the top. There's two layers. There's a little wafer on top and then open the second layer and you'll get the, the, the fruit juice. Thank you. And join us for a coffee afterwards, guys. Thank you.